Previously on that Cthulhu John. I left the cult of Yig before going through the ritual to become a Fang of Yig. Once you are Fang, you have devoted yourself entirely to Yig for the rest of your life. More importantly, why did you leave the cult? I was only there, good sir, to learn the secrets of Yig and the Ophidians. You see, Raquel is going through that notebook the, that was all in Korean. She tells you also what I found in this book, some magics as well. It's still nagging at me, and he produces Raymond Tully's autopsy report. It sounds just terrible. Everyone else has more books than I do in the collection. Did Raymond at one point have as many books as the rest of you? What? Did you lose one? Maybe everyone, uh, after a night of rest, can figure something out. As you get home, Detective Thompson, uh-huh. there is a note on your door. And it says, Gregor is on to you. Call me. Thanks for joining us for That Cthulhu John, episode 51. We are a real play Call of Cthulhu podcast. I am George, your keeper of arcane lore. And with me are my friends and investigators, Chad. Hey guys, happy to be here. Chuck. That's a wrap. Good night, everybody. And Jenny. Hi. Okay, so when we last left off, Heather and Walter were at Raquel McLeod's apartment down in Rittenhouse Square. Fancy. Yeah, exactly. Heather was uh, just kind of crashing on the couch after her whole debacle with uh, getting kidnapped and all that good stuff. Detective Thompson, on the other hand, decided to leave and go home for the night, rest up, and get a fresh start tomorrow. However, when he got home, there was a note on his door saying, Gregor is on to you. Call me. And had a phone number there. So let's pick up with Detective Thompson. I do not recognize this particular phone number. You do not. Hmm. Uh, I go inside. Okay. Throw my keys down. Take my jacket off. All that shit. Put your keys down on the little table that has a lamp on it in there. Uh, turn the light on and you can see your apartment. Kind of disheveled, but you don't care. You're the only one there. I uh, pick up my phone. Okay. Take a seat. Call the number. All right. So you call up that number. Just broke the first rule of Fight Club. Never call from your own place. No. <laughs> Just kidding. You're a police uh, officer. I'm a cop, you idiot. Come on. The rules are different for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. I thought about being careful, but I'm just beating around the bush. Let's get to it. I'm curious. You call that number? And it rings a couple times. I know it's late. Then you hear sub pick up. And it's silence on the other end, though. I see a curious note was left on my door. And then you hear, in response, it sounds like a strange whisper. And it says, Yes, Detective Thompson. I had to warn you. And uh, who, may I ask, am I speaking with? 
Let's just say that I'm a co-worker. Fair. Um, and what do you mean, he's on to me? He believes that you have knowledge of the Avidians. Of what? Oh, shit. Did you say? <laughs> the serpent folk. The Avidians, Detective Thompson. I believe you know what I'm talking about. Why would you give me this information? I do not wish to see the human race be extinguished like a fleeting flame. Well, we can agree upon that. Very well, Detective Thompson. Would you be willing to meet me tomorrow night? Seeing as how uh, you offered a token of good faith by contacting me, sure. I don't know what I believe with all this stuff. It seems like you already know something. So he gives you an address in uh, Logan, the neighborhood of Logan. Okay. And uh, he says to you, When we meet, I will tell you Gregor's plan. Please meet me tomorrow night. The later in the night, the better. Uh, very well. Do you need a time, or...? You can call me back. Let me know when you are coming. Very well. I will see you tomorrow, Detective Thompson. And it hangs up. I was gonna do that hang-up move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Aww. No one ever says goodbye in TV and movies and stuff. They just... Never. Blank. So rude. You can't. So rude. It would have been weird if I said, I love you, kisses. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> No, you hang up first. <laughs> no, you hang up first. <laughs> oh, no, you. Same time. Okay. Okay, same time. Well, since you said it, let's see. <laughs> okay, Detective Thompson, what do you do from here? Um, Just go to bed? I mean, I guess so. I gotta, well, I want to replay the tape. Oh, I'm gonna listen to that tape. Okay. For any uh any more clues, uh you know, grasping at straws maybe, but that that diligent police work. All right. Well, you listen through the tape and, um, hmm. Give me a listen roll. The recording from the uh, the interview room at the police station with Lenny, to be to clarify for the listeners. Yeah, I'm gonna need. Yes, the the interrogation room where Lenny, uh. Got, got. Yeah. So give me a listen roll. I'm going to need a hard pass. My ear's not good. Nah. Hmm. You're listening through the tape again, and you're just hearing the same thing. Kind of mysterious, but you're certain that Gregor J. Sambor had something to do with Lenny's death. Yeah. I don't know what I thought I would find, but... uh. Worth another listen. We were driving at the time. Um, I'd probably put it on again and pass out to it, honestly. Pass out to listening to it? Oh, boy. I mean, it wouldn't be on repeat. The tape would end at some point. That's true. Yeah. I'll have to... I gotta rewind it or flip it. So, Thompson, you go to uh, sleep 
listening to that tape, you have a dream. In your dream, you're in a dark room. You're trying to feel around the room. You feel that it's around. There are no corners that you can hit. Then a spotlight comes on, on the other side of the room that you're standing from. And you see Lenny there. And Lenny beckons you to come to him. And you start walking towards him. But as you walk towards him, he seems to get further and further away. As he gets further away, you start to look down. And you see in this room that there are snakes on the floor. You don't want to pass them. But Lenny keeps beckoning you towards him. So you go to step through the snakes. The snakes start to coil around your legs. Start to come up your body. You scream in this dream, but Lenny doesn't seem to hear you. He just keeps beckoning towards you. The snakes crawl up your chest, around your neck, down your mouth, in your ears. You feel your eyes pop as they start to enter your eye sockets, and then you wake up. And Detective Thompson, it is now about five in the morning for you. Let's cut back to see what Heather and Walter Oof. did during Jesus. that time. <clears throat> All <right>. Yikes. <laughs> All right. How about that? Yeah, man. I'm just sweeping. Heather taking a sleepy nap Heather, you are too exhausted to have any dreams We're just going to say that you just pass out completely Uh, Difficult to wake you up Even if they tried Do I get a hit point back? Tomorrow you will get a hit point Ah. back (laughs) When you wake up in the morning You will get a hit point back Thompson, you do get a hit point back already Thank you Mm -hmm. Alright, so uh, Walter, Raquel is right now looking through the booklet that Heather took from Yuki's basement. And she's trying to read things off to you. It's a little weird because sentence structure isn't quite the same as English is. So she has to read off a couple lines before she can tell you exactly what's happening. Hmm. But as she's starting to translate it into English, you're writing it down. However, as she's going through it, there's a couple points where she hits where she's like, there's not a literal English translation for this. Like, not a word-for-word word translation, so she kind of has to fudge it a little bit. Well, is there a way that I could practice it phonetically? I mean, she can pronounce it correctly, right? Absolutely, you can, actually. Yeah, I mean, you can make some notes and, uh, you know, kind of practice those parts when it comes down to it. All right, so she can, or she can tell you how to, you know, spell it phonetically or or how to pronounce it anyway and then you can write it down phonetically yeah so then uh, that's what he does he practices a couple times and writes it down makes some notes as to how to pronounce it correctly and all that good stuff um mm-hmm. are there, is there any specific part of this book you're trying to learn i had hoped to learn the basics of what it takes to acquire the ability to call the lightning mm-hmm. air quotes. all right Ride the lightning. No, call the lightning. <laughs> it's a few more years till that comes out. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me just look through my my grimoire. Ooh. Um, okay. So the translation uh, that caused a bolt of lightning to strike wherever the spellcaster directs. The target, however, must be within eyesight. 
And there must be a storm or clouds in the area for the spell to be effective. Yep, I kind of thought that might be the case. That makes sense. Okay. Raquel tells you that uh, there is a very long, uh, what do you you call that? Not enchantment, but... Like a cast time? um, Yeah, there's a long cast time, but I'm trying to think of what what a good word to use for it is. There's a very long chant that this calls for. It may take you up to, oh, I don't know, five minutes to do. Hmm. Sounds like some serious incantation. Incantation. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You continue to write down her phonetic pronunciations of the words for this spell. And she says to you, Walter, you do realize that using this type of magic can do damage to your mind, right? Yeah, I mean, I I assumed, uh, much like the ritual we had performed to contact our buddy Raymond, that uh, there was going to be some sort of adverse effect, some sort of cost. Uh, things of this nature, I, I mean, I have a limited uh, understanding so far, but I, I assume it all comes with a price. She says, indeed, it does. Sometimes the price is dire. When we tried to stop the Wendigo from attacking and the spread thereof, the uh, individual who had some sort of ability to banish it, he used this ability and afterwards he showed me his hands and uh, the tips of his fingers were black with a deep frostbite and he said it was the cost of uh, the spell he had performed. She tells you yes. When it comes to magic of the beyond, there is not only mental repercussions of it, but sometimes physical as well. You can do damage to both your mind and your body. Well, he does his best to look kind of dapper and sits up straight and says, uh, I guess I I can't let you have all the fun. What with your uh, beyond the grave abilities there. She gives a little laugh, and she tells you, yeah, Walter, uh, it's not exactly fun for me. I mean, it could be important that someone keep this knowledge. I mean, at least if for no other reason to perhaps pass it down to someone else to uh, protect it. Is that the word we use here? That's a good way to put it, Walter. Although this knowledge is very tempting... It must be kept secret and in the right hands. Well, who better than the Magus Five? (laughs) She rolls her (laughs) eyes a little bit at that, actually. She says, I don't trust the other three, unfortunately. But Walter, I know your heart's in the right place. Well, thank you. Um, You know, I I guess uh, Heather seems to have taken quite the liking to you. If all this works out and you have any interest, uh, I'm sure we could continue our paranormal investigations should the need arise. Uh, I mean, together, he makes it clear that he meant, you know, (laughs) her and him and perhaps Heather if she still chooses this life. And we all live through it. He doesn't say that part out loud. Well, she says to you, um, well, let's not get it too ahead of ourselves right now, Walter. How about we just deal with what's at hand right now, and let's get back to translating this, okay? Yeah, I mean, of course. Uh, 
Well, with this injury and all, I suppose uh, should focus on the now and not the later, huh? And she says to you, by the way, when are you going to get that looked at? I was thinking as soon as we finish translating, I could, uh, I don't know, come up with some story. Uh, maybe I got attacked outside of a bar. Frat kids, maybe up to some dare, set his boot on fire and kicked me. I mean, it was more or less uh, taken care of, right? Sort of, right? You just kind of have to keep it clean and change the bandages. Maybe topically, but no. He has a, yeah. he has a serious wound, though. Or major wound. I mean, apparently not. <laughs> it's not that bad. I mean, I'm just sitting here talking. I mean, I'm not, like, fighting or running or lifting or pulling or doing yeah. anything other than sitting in place. Yeah. Maybe pushing a pencil. But, uh, I don't know. It, some medical attention was performed. I mean, at least it's clean. It's gotta yeah. Be. Walter, you're actually starting to not feel so good. Like, kind of clammy feeling. Hmm. Oh, is that the infection setting in? Is that a fever? With the sepsis? <laughs> yeah, I guess with the the whole clammy bit, uh, says, maybe a damp rag and uh, some some cool air could do me some good. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, once we finish translating, uh, I'll I'll head out to the uh, hospital and get this checked out by a professional. I guess. Okay, Walter, you grab yourself a cold compress. You step out onto her balcony. I was thinking maybe even just kind of crack the door a little bit and just stand in front of the breeze that comes through. He doesn't need to go all the way out there. I figure if okay. it's cold. And so you use that cold compress, crack the door to her balcony a little bit. Let that cold air hit you. Uh, it's pretty fucking cold, but it kind of starts to snap you awake a little bit more. That's brisk, baby. However, <laughs> thanks, 20-year-old commercial. <laughs> Um, fuck that. <laughs> anyway, it just came from an inner dimension of my brain as a memory. Yeah. I was like, "Oh shit!" So, so Walter, it snaps you awake, but at the same time, you start to feel more of that like sweaty coldness. Give me a Constitution roll. Oh boy! And uh, as the wave of nausea kind of hits him thinks or maybe says out loud uh yeah yeah i don't think i'm feeling so good actually eek a 71 will not do it all right so walter you're starting to feel pretty bad at this point do you want to push the roll to continue to stay here yeah, he does kind of want to see it through and try to get the basics right. of this spell. Oh, man, that sucks. 69 ain't going to do it either. Okay. Walter, you suddenly feel the room start to spin, and uh, your vision starts to go all tunnely and close in. Can I try to sit down on a chair real quick? Yes, you can try to do that. Um... What's your move rate? Um, five. Ooh, I'm going to need a dexterity roll then. It's another one of his excellent stats. And since you're already falling down, basically, I'm going to need a hard pass. I'm so disappointed. Even Lenny went to the hospital when he had to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Even when he didn't. 
Yeah, but Walter likes knowledge and books and secret and things like this. More than his and own Raquel. life. Now he's probably going to spend, like, you know, at least a week. Transfusions. It's like, no. <laughs> he's going to be... thought this through, Walter. Comatose. <laughs> not going to do it. 31 ain't that good. Jesus. I mean, it is a pass, but it's not a hard pass. All right, so, Walter, you start to fumble your way to a chair. Well, I feel dizzy. He reaches for the chair. Your legs start to give out on you, and you fall forward and hit your head on the arm of the chair. Ouch. You're going to lose one more hit point. Damn. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you pass out. After about an hour has passed in game time, Walter, you start to feel shaking. You, you feel like something's moving underneath you. And you wake up, and you are in an ambulance. Yep, yep, yep. Seriously right. Shouldn't have tried to push it. <laughs> You're in an ambulance. When you open your eyes, you see one of the uh, medical techs go, Oh, my God, okay, his eyes are open, his eyes are open. And he, start, he starts slapping you in the face, and he goes, he goes, uh, Mr. Pendergast, Mr. Pendergast, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, what, what, what do you want? What, stop hitting me. <laughs> That's how EMTs worked in the 80s. They just slapped you in the face until you woke up. <laughs> and uh, the EMT says to you, you, you had a nasty fall back in the apartment, and uh, we're treating you for that burn on your chest right now. As he's saying that, you see one of the other EMTs has hooked up a uh, IV to you. He's playing with the, uh, the bag that holds all the fluid in it. Hmm. And he says, okay, antibiotics are all hooked up now. Walter says, uh, did, you, did you catch a kid who did this? It was uh, some kind of college prank? <laughs> they say, college prank? What happened? I don't know. I was out for some drinks, and somebody just ran up on me, and I don't know if he stepped on a flaming bag of poo or what but his foot was on fire says wow uh, they really got you then Uh, what did they stomp on you I don't I don't don't quite recall and he kind of like tries to play it off rub his head a little bit well he says well that doesn't matter how it happened so much as how we treat it Uh, just try to relax Mr. Pendergast we'll get you to the hospital soon and uh, we're gonna go back to Heather. That was so smart. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't get it when he was like, some kids were stomping on me. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. I don't know how you explain that one. <laughs> uh, Heather, you get awoken by Raquel and uh, she, she shakes you awake. And you're like, Ugh. <laughs> you open your eyes and you hear her say, Heather, Heather, we had to send Walter to the hospital. I, I called an ambulance to come pick him up. He, he, he collapsed. What? Wait, wait, hold on. What do you mean? Where? What hospital? Where's... It's okay. They're taking, they're taking him to Jefferson. No, I got to go with him. Doctors turn to, to snakes. You can't trust those people. She says, well, I guess I could give you a ride there. Okay. Uh, uh. 
and I just start like getting up to leave, but like my shoes aren't on. I don't even notice. Uh huh. Just like okay, um, yeah. She goes, okay. I'll give you. I'll give you a minute to get yourself together. You want to like throw some water on your face or something, or. And she goes. Uh, she goes. I still got some coffee left over. You want, you want a cup, and you know, just get yourself together. Make sure you put some shoes on first. Oh yeah, right, right, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll have some coffee. Like, what? What happened to him? Is he? Is he breathing? Is he okay? And I'm just splashing my face with sink water. She says he was still breathing when the when the EMTs got here. You were so passed out that you didn't even wake up when they came in. And they said they were taking him to Jefferson Hospital. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's from his burns. Like, I can't believe Walter, of all people, didn't go straight to the hospital. Right? <laughs> I guess his thirst for knowledge took priority over his own health. I want to know those spells, too, but... I mean. Well, I mean, if you were, if you had some sort of major wound, <laughs> I would think you'd go to the hospital immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, we could, we could go if you're ready. Says, yeah. And, uh, she, she's wearing like sweatpants and like a t-shirt. So she puts an overcoat on, walks out to her car and, uh, you get in as well. And you guys head over to Jefferson Hospital. Does she take the little book? You can ask her to. Yeah. Okay. So she takes it with her. You get to Jefferson Hospital. And they tell you that Walter is in the ICU right now. Or the intensive care unit. They can't let you visit there, though. Because he's in such bad shape. Is he awake? Is he? Can he talk? Like... They said he's in stable condition. However, it's bad condition, but we think we're going to be able to bring him back around. It might take a few days, but we'll see. Um, can you have someone, like, watch the door? There might be somebody looking for him. and I don't want them to get him. <laughs> she goes... She's just talking a little crazy, but... Yeah. Raquel puts a hand on your shoulder, and she kind of looks at you and shakes her head no. And she goes, uh, hey, Heather, why don't we just, um, why don't we just kind of get out of here? Uh, we can come back, uh, call later and see how, how our friend's doing, right? Right, right, right. And I'm, like, whispering, but it's probably loud. I'm like, but what about the snakes, people? <laughs> this... <laughs> She's very sleepy. So she, she whispers back to you, from what you guys told me. It sounds like they're not aware of Walter. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Let's, um, let's go outside, get some air. She's okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Heather, as you start to walk outside, you see that the front glass door of the hospital is filled to the top with water. Mm-hmm. There is water starting to leak in under the door. You see outside of it a lot of fish swimming around. Some puffer fish, a couple dolphins swimming through there. My buddies. And then the door, the front door of the hospital shatters open and all the water starts to flood in. 
Heather, as the water's starting to flood in, you see your legs start to turn into a fishtail. <laughs> She's so excited. Whee! <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm actually, like, just freaking out. Can I... I start... you, can, you can try. If you think that this is a delusion, you can try to see through it by giving me a sanity roll. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't happen to people. There's no way there's that much fish outside anyway. I mean, come on. Philadelphia? Philadelphia? Come on. I mean, like, that come many on. fish? Nah, come on. There's like three carp and two gross catfish with three eyes. Stop. <laughs> yep. That's it. That's it. I was thinking about the carp in particular. <laughs> Whiskers and everything. Yeah. Probably got mm-hmm. a cigarette in its mouth. All stanky. Like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wait, so I think that, get lower than Sal? my sanity. Yeah, you have to get lower than your sanity. Okay. Pretty sure Sal is just just a fish, right? Just a big catfish. <gasps> Sal's a big be. catfish. Yeah, what are you be. drinking? Yeah. Oh, not Lenny. Oh. Let me just feed off the bottom here for a little bit. <laughs> that's on my that's on my list to do is to call. That's good. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, one fell off on the ground. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, just blow it off. Five seconds. Yeah. Yeah, re-roll. Just leave it? Okay. Re-ro- we'll leave it. Okay, no, don't no, leave re- it on the re- ground. Re- re-roll and just being silly. No, ground don't count. It's out of bounds. Poof. You sure the ground one doesn't not <laughs> No, ground one does not count. Ground one, good. <laughs> this one. 81. 81, okay. So, according to the rules here, you are going to lose one sanity point. And Heather... You're having a great time swimming around in the ocean right now. Okay, great. Everything seems pretty cool. Um, You're just swimming around. You go out the door. You go into the streets, everything. You see that the streets are, you know, like the bottom of the ocean floor now. Yes. Then all of a sudden you hear, (laughs) 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 It must be a fish. You hear Raquel's voice go, Heather, what are you doing? And you suddenly snap out of it, and you see you're in the middle of the road, and there are a few cars that are stopped because of you, and they're honking their horns. And uh, you suddenly see through uh, what was happening to you, and you're starting to not trust your own senses. Yeah. I'm like mid-wave, because I was waving to a fish. Yeah, you're waving to a dolphin, and or something. I'm like yeah. smiling, and I put my hand down, and I'm like, I don't know, I, I don't know what's happening. And then are enough cars where I can like scoot in and out and get back to the pavement? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like two in the morning. There's not that okay. many cars right now. So then I just like run back to Raquel and kind of like grab onto her arm and be like, "This was all fish. This was like the ocean. I don't know what's real anymore." She goes, "Did you do that on porpoise?" <laughs> <laughs> got him. No, that's that's uh, that's not what she says. Might be what she heard. You and Walter might yeah. be uh, great together. That's that's sea talk. <laughs> and then she turns into like a squid lady. So both you guys are Arr. outside of the front of the hospital. <laughs> both you guys are out front of the hospital at this point. Raquel says to you, Heather, do you want me to take you home? Or, uh, you're welcome to stay at my place if you'd like. 
Um, yeah, I don't really... Uh, my house isn't really safe right now. Last time I was there, I called Byberry on my friend. She goes, oh yeah, that's right, you did mention that. Yeah, this kind of stuff seems to follow me around. Do you, do you know what happened to your friend? Thompson was gonna look into it for me. Um. Oh, the detective, yeah. Okay, um, you can crash at my place if you'd like. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe I should just, uh, since we can't see Walter, I should just be indoors. She says, Heather, uh, you should probably be away from anything at this point. Is there, I don't know, is there anything in any of your books or the books that you've seen about, I mean, this has got to be the lotus powder that she blew in my face. I've had dreams about being a mermaid before, but, like, not like this. <laughs> so is that, that's what your delusion was about, huh? Yeah, it was really nice until it wasn't. <laughs> and Raquel says to you, uh, regarding, what did you ask about the book? Is there any spells or, like, rituals that she could perform to get whatever's happening to me out of oh, me? I see. Unfortunately, Heather, everything that I know as far as magic goes will only make your mind worse. I don't know anything that could heal you. Best suggestion that I could say is try to find somewhere that's like a home to you and just relax as much as you can. Um, I'm pretty comfortable at Walter's house, but I mean, uh, I'm a little nervous right now about that too. Maybe I'll just go back to your place for now, and then I'll, I'll get out of your hair. She says, that's okay. Uh, you can definitely stay the night, Heather. And uh, you guys go back to Raquel's place. And we're going to call that the night. It is now Sunday morning, right? It is Sunday morning after sunrise now. Ah. Okay. Uh, let's get back to Detective Thompson as he wakes up in his disheveled apartment detective thompson it is your day off what are you doing um i get up a shower eat i guess some regular stuff right. um, regular routine shit sunday i think i'd listen to the tape again while i'm doing my routine stuff around the house maybe even though i should probably do it with headphones you can listen to the tape again with headphones on. However, this will be a pushed roll. Will it? Yeah. Am I going to burn the tape out? If, you've, <laughs> if you fuck this tape up before I get to hear it. You know, my listeners are really terrible. so pretty. Is, is it? Uh, yeah. I mean... I don't know. I was just going to keep on listening to it over and over anyway. Jingle, jingle. Mm-hmm. Oof. Ugh. Nope. Thompson, you start to hear on the tape. You hear Lenny go, Oh, you wouldn't... Try to stop it real fast. And you stop it, and you go to uh, play it again, and it doesn't play. Uh, the play button won't hit down again. No, but I would try to open it after I stopped it, see if it was eating okay. the tape. 
You open it up, and sure enough, the tape is eaten in a cassette player. Um, I spent some time trying to carefully take it out. Okay, give me a mechanical repair roll. Save what I can. I believe there's mechanical repair, right? There mm-hmm. is mechanical repair, or mech repair. I was hoping it was giant robots, but I guess not. Could be. That is a 21 out of 35. That is a past mechanical repair roll. All right, so you managed to take this tape out of the recorder and in one piece. Sweet. All right, throw it in my pocket and start to go about my day. Um, All right. Pull out a phone book. Okay. Open a Philadelphia phone book. I want to call um, the Jefferson Hospital. Uh, I don't know if I could call the morgue outright or the medical examiner or something or whatever that would be. Well, but you can call the hospital. Whichever number I called yesterday. Right. So you can call the hospital again. And they answer. Where do you want to be directed to? Uh, John Doe came in yesterday. I called then. There was no autopsy performed yet. I'd like to inquire about him. It came from the uh, Philadelphia Police yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, your, your, your my district. district. Yeah. So, do you tell them that you're a cop? Yeah. Okay. So you you identify yourself as a police officer. Um, I inquired yesterday. Uh, my name is Detective Luke Thompson. She says, "Okay, Detective Thompson. Uh, we'll put you through to the mortuary now." Thank you. You hear? Uh, it sounds like the phone hangs up, and then you hear doop 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 doop. Doop, doop. And then you hear a phone pick up, and you hear someone go, Yes, this is the mortuary. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> How can I help you? Let's see. This is uh, Detective Luke Thompson. Uh, I'm calling about a John Doe that came in yesterday. Uh, a gentleman in his 40s, uh, about six. One, six, two. Oh, yes. Sent down from the first police district, yes? Yes. What would you like to know about him, detective? Um, I would like to know if the autopsy's finished yet. Says yes, we finished it last night. Very good. Um, I'll swing by later. Take a look. Very well, detective. Thank you. I'll be looking forward to seeing you. Uh, so that means I'll have to stop by Jeff later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have another phone call I want to make. I want to call Byberry Hospital. Okay. You call Byberry Hospital, and someone picks up and goes, Yes, Byberry. I say, yeah, this is uh, Detective Luke Thompson. Um, actually calling, um, inquiring for a friend on a... Uh, patient named Ginger Fredrickson just uh, about her well-being or if uh, she's still there since you oh yes Uh, Miss Fredrickson was checked out yesterday she was checked out Um, may I ask by whom since she was released into the custody of a Derek Bradshaw very good Uh, thank you that'll be all. all right you hang up with them Oh, good news. She's got it out. Yeah. Great. Oh, great. She's doing better. Mm, good. Okay. Glad she's got a nice, capable guardian taking care of her. Uh, um, 
Now hmm. I want you to tell me about your surroundings, Ginger. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's not good news. Um, what do you do I on, huh? I'm sorry, what do you do with the rest of your day off there, Detective Thompson? It's pretty early still. It is. Um, I don't really know how to stop working, so uh, I'm going to take a drive to Jefferson Hospital. All right. Stop, get some coffee somewhere on the way. That's why you can't All see right. your kids. Just don't know how to go off the yeah. clock. <laughs> Do a little little key bump before I go in. Aw, oh, Dad, you never take me to the morgue. You're such an <laughs> asshole. So when you go outside, Detective Thompson, you see your uh, car out there, and uh, someone has written, Wash Me, in the dust that has built up on your car. Classic. I mean, the car is kind of a reflection of yourself in a way. You really liked it at one point, treated it real well, even enough to put a aftermarket tape deck in there. <laughs> but lately, you know, the, the seats are kind of cracking and, the you know, you're just letting dust build up on it. You haven't washed in a long time. But you get into the car and you travel to Jefferson Hospital. It's oddly deep and sad. Mm-hmm. I uh, <laughs> stop at a car wash on the way. <laughs> Stop on a car wash on the way. And maybe this is my calling. This is where things turn around. You know, I'm going to save the world. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I guess. I'm not sure what's going on. So you, uh... It's an icy winter. It's all the road salt. You know, I can't... Yeah. It's all built up <laughs> on there. <laughs> so, uh... Thompson, you get to the mortuary at Jefferson Hospital. As you walk in, uh, you flash your badge... And the mortician goes, oh, yes, how can I help you, detective? Uh, Yes, we uh, spoke on the phone uh, not an hour ago, I suppose. Uh, Inquire about this this John Doe gentleman. He says, oh, yes. And he goes over to a, uh, a drawer and he pulls a file out that's attached to the front of the drawer. And he hands it to you. And he says, this should explain everything. If you'll excuse me, I have other things to attend to right now. Of course. Uh, by all means. They really suck. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't want to keep you from siphoning the blood out of the corpses. <laughs> kinda, I kind of shudder a little bit. Alright. Thompson, you look through this file here. Mm-hmm. It says that the cause of death was poisoning by arsenic. Arsenic poisoning. I keep looking through. Uh, is there any uh, any wounds or uh, any... Uh... It does not mention any wounds, any entry points, or anything like that. Well, the broken leg, obviously. Do it, does it say uh, how it was ingested? or? It says, according to eyewitness uh, police chief Sambor that he must have had it in his mouth to begin with. Like a suicide pill? It doesn't make sense. Does it make sense? I don't know. It's up to you, Detective Thompson. I don't think it does. Where would Lenny get something like that? Um, hmm. Well, I rolled that body out. Let's take a look. You pull it open, and uh, you see the corpse of Lenny? It is Lenny. Yeah. All like blue gray. Um, his eyes are closed over, though. 
And when you pull it out, give me a spot hidden roll. It's definitely Lenny. Yeah. It looks like him for sure. Twelve out of fifty-five. Wow. All right. Uh, so that's definitely a hard pass, if not extreme. Um, it's hard, yeah. It's uh, miss, miss extreme by one. Miss extreme by one. Okay. Well, with the hard pass, though, uh, when you pull him out, you see at the kind of base of his neck, almost around the collarbone, two little puncture marks there. Hmm. Uh, about how far apart? Mm, about like the radius of a human a human bite or a humanoid bite uh i don't know how much you would know about that kind of stuff uh, uh, well they're talking about snakes and stuff so i'm wondering if it's like a human-sized snake kind of thing that almost what it looks like like yeah. if your canines on the regular human were long pointy ones and there's nothing. There's no mention of vampires or anything in the medical examiner's report. Not a single mention of vampires. <laughs> for some reason. But Detective Thompson, at this point, you can kind of maybe determine that this autopsy report probably was falsified. Yeah, and it still says John Doe, right? Not. It still says John Doe on it. Leonard um, Cobb. Um, I don't, I don't know how this stuff works, do I? Mm, uh, uh, you gotta, uh, I'm gonna go see if I can find that guy. That's what I'm gonna do. Oh, the mortician? Yeah, peek into the other room or wherever he went. Oh. Or if there's right. like, um, any signage for like, offices? No, you, uh, you go to try to find him. And uh, there's big double doors that you saw him go through. You go through the same doors. And you see him inserting some needles with tubes on them into mm-hmm. a corpse getting that suction yeah he turns on some kind of pump thing and you see fluids start going around it's all very strange looking i see uh maybe ne- now's a bad time but is there someone that could uh photocopy this for me xerox it says oh yes not a problem if you take it up to the first floor anyone could do it for you up there I picture him just going to town on it the whole time he's working on that body. <laughs> yeah, he's he's still just digging like giant needles into the neck of this corpse <laughs> while he's talking to you. You know, like it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of gross. All right. Um, then I find the stairs. All right. You find the stairs. You head up th- there. Uh, you get someone to make a copy for you. And uh, do you return the original? Yeah. Okay. So you do return the original back down to the mortician, who's happy to take it back and put it on the slab that you opened up that he does not know you opened up. Um, do I catch him free in a moment where he's not doing his thing? When you come back down with the original file, uh, you see him washing his hands off okay. in, a, in a sink. So, yeah, here's the original. Um, I did have a question for you, though. He says, yes. The, he, um, says, he says, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Acula will be more than pleased to serve you. <laughs> um, I did have a question about uh, the puncture wounds near the collarbone on the body. 
Uh, there's nothing on here. What puncture rooms are you referring to, detective? I walk over to the slab. Okay. Do you open it up? Mm-hmm. All right. So you open it up, and you point out these two puncture rooms. And he goes, oh, my. Perhaps I should update the report. Um, might want to put on the record, too, that his name is uh, Leonard Cobb. Oh, yes. Well, thank you. A good name to match to a body is always preferred. Well, thank you. Again, um, maybe I'll be back for the updated one. I don't need it immediately. Says, very well, detective. I'll be looking forward to seeing you again. Excellent. Then he turns into a bat and flies away. <laughs> no, I don't. That guy's gonna get me. Flap, 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 flap. I gotta worry about the bad people. Alright, so you leave there, and also at Jefferson is Walter. Oh. Walter. I thought he was at you, Penn. What's that? Was he not at Penn? No, he's at Jefferson as well. It's the closest one to where he was. Alright, so Walter, you wake up. It is, we're gonna say, about nine in the morning when you wake up. Uh, which is about the same time you get done at the mortician there, Detective Thompson. Not that you know that Walter's in the hospital, though. I do not. But, Walter, you wake up, and you see that you have, uh, still have an IV hooked up to you. You have a bag next to your, your hospital bed. And uh, it looks like they have replaced the bandages on your chest. There's no longer, like, blood and pus or... You know, like that clear kind of fluid that comes out, too. Plasma like plasma. leaking out all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you see that that's not leaking through these bandages anymore. Well, that's definitely nice. Uh, I got one of those flimsy uh, hospital gowns on, or what? You sure do. Your ass is hanging out the back and everything. Oh, man. Uh, well, I had thought to do this anyway, but now, even more so, I think to reach out to Theodore and Headley and talk to them about taking some time off. All right, so you call up Joe Clock's bookshop? No, no, I was thinking their home numbers. It's Sunday. They might not be there. Or maybe it's still pretty early, too. That's true. Uh, you can call up their home number. We'll see if they're there. And when you do, Theodore picks up. You, you hear Theodore's voice. And he goes, yes, hello. Hey, Theo. It's your old pal, Walter. How you doing? So it's good, Walter. What's, uh, what's happening? Uh, well... I am in the hospital. I'm kind of laid up for a little bit, and I thought I would uh, call ahead of my schedule to give you the heads up. Um, Yeah, I uh, got attacked the other night, and uh, they uh, they busted me up pretty good. Says, oh my god, Walter, are you okay? I mean, are, are you going to be okay? I hope with a little bit of rest and recuperation, yeah. Um... Hey, uh, the guy uh, came out of nowhere, and I don't know if it was some kind of dare or something, but his, his foot was on fire, and he, he burnt me pretty good. Because, oh my god, what the, that is the craziest shit I've ever heard. Yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely crazy. I uh, had some drinks, so uh, it's, it was a little, a little bewildering when I woke up in the hospital. It says, wow, Walter, um, why don't you just take all the time you need We'll be here. We can get your shift covered. Not a problem. You come back to work when you feel like you can. 
You, uh, you really are a heck of a guy, Theodore. I appreciate your understanding in this matter. Says, yeah, Walter. You just heal up, okay? Then you hang up? Yep. Okay. Walter feels a little bad about having to kind of make up a story to people that he likes, but it just seems like the easiest thing for everybody to digest a bit. Right. You're kind of dying as well, so like maybe it's not so bad to take off work. Yeah, you <laughs> definitely need the tie ball. There goes your perfect attendance. Yeah, yeah right. right. Mm-hmm. So much of that employee of the month. For 40 years running. I think he's the, isn't he the only employee that doesn't own the place? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Pretty much. Do I get a hit point back from my uh, stay in the hospital? You and sure do. Anything from treatment? Or is it just a flat rate one for the day? Let me see if... So, they would do a medicine treatment on you, I'm sure. And that should be good. You can take back a D3 of hit points. Ooh. In addition to the one overnight. Sweet. I'm taking back four hit points. There we go. So four four hit points, that's not bad. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, that's a significant chunk of his health, putting him back up to 60%. So I guess with some professional care, he's doing a heck of a lot better. Yeah, Walter, you are feeling better. Uh, a bit more back to yourself at this point. Heather, let's go back to see what you're doing. Can the major wound be erased at this point? Um, Hold on, let me check that roll real quick here. Because I think it can. Okay, so, Walter, give me a constitution roll. Oh, boy. Damn it with them high rolls tonight. That's 71. Not going to do it. All right, so, Walter, it is going to be a week to receive treatment for this major wound. Damn. That stinks. Yeah. Plenty of time to read and plot lines or plot points. That's right. <laughs> if you got the books with you, did you have stuff with you? I mean, he had the first four with him. He could certainly finish those. There you go. Um, you're actually almost through them, Walter, I'm going to say. But you only got like half a book to go at this point. You've been working pretty hard on them. Well, darn it. Might have to reach out to Raquel at some point and see if she might be able to uh, visit with some further studies. All right. But you're still, you're laid up in the hospital for about a week at this point, Walter. Can you just do me a favor and write that down? Yes. Thank you. Um, all right. So, Walter, while you're at the hospital, you know, they give you the TV remote thing that's attached to the wall. And you turn it on. And there's a news broadcast. And it says, uh... On a response call to a fire, firefighters found bodies buried in the basement of a flower shop called Flowers by Yuki in Wilmington, Delaware. There were multiple bodies in the basement, a gruesome scene. Police are on the scene now and trying to figure out exactly what had happened. Back to you, Chip. And we're going to call the episode on that on that point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
chip. All right. But let's do luck rolls. Yes. Remember, you want to roll over your luck. Now I'll get my, like, number four. I've been rolling 70s all night. Yeah. That's what you get. Always go to the hospital. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, 66 will do it. Yeah, 57 right. did. Five more luck. I'm taking it. Five. 51. Wow, nice. Four. Oh, I wanted you to get a five, to too. Hit paper. Oh, I wanted it to bounce. That's 43 luck right now. I'll take it. I got 17. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I guess everyone's feeling lucky today, but let's see if luck will save you next episode. Until then, remember, sanity Sanity is is overrated. Oh, he got me on it. It's because of 12s. What's wrong with 12? Oh, you don't like 12s. I fucking hate it. I don't like when <laughs> my character stat is 12. I will avoid... I will take a number off so it's 11. I, I don't know. I don't oh, like shit. it. It hmm. just it seems to fuck me up. I hate the 12. I hate 10. I will re-roll some numbers if I got too many 12s. You guys got some hate for even numbers. I only got hate for odd numbers. Shit, George. Then what? Hang out with odd us numbers are the best ones. There's three of us. Three? Seven? No, three is great. Ever- Three's great. Eleven? Fuck eleven. Whoa. Eleven is such a good number. You heard me. I'm a big fan of all prime numbers. I'm just going to put it out there. (laughs) If you're only divisible by yourself and one, I'm all about you. The only thing that's good about odd numbers is if you line them all up, there's one in the middle. That's the the only thing that I like about odd numbers. Like, if you put out seven pennies... There's three on one side, three on the other, and there's one smack dab in the middle. Sound higher than I am. Oh. Any odd number you can do that with. I didn't quite grasp that concept at first, but I appreciate it. No, the pennies helped. The pennies helped. I wasn't, yep. I wasn't, <laughs> I was like, right, yeah, definitely. One in the middle? Right in 100% the middle. 100% no what you mean. You mean like a number it's like a field goal. Six. Right through the uprights. I'd say it's oh, the, shit. like the odd Fuck. man out. I was just rolling, rolling my dice. Ooh, just you, rolling them. And you, you know, what? Just to have fun. A, a one. one. Yes. 